Warning. Elements of real-world religion are used in this podcast to serve the purposes of a work of fiction. They are to drive the drama forward and are not intended to be taken as a statement of opinion by the players. Thank you for listening. <clears throat> Let me get this music up and go. All right, so uh, as we left, last left our heroes, uh, you had just recovered Gideon, and you had discussed your leads. Among them was this recruiter that you think is probably your best bet to pursue Boon Tag Guthrie, your target in Wayne County. Were we given a name for this guy? You were. Uh, his name is Abner Wilkes. Sounds like an asshole. Is that Wilkes with an E at the end? Mm-hmm. Okay. Has he married into the uh, the Booth family? No. Booth Wilkes, Wilkes Booth, yeah. I get it. I see what you did there. He has it. Which, which one is this guy? He is recruiting for Confederate Okay, rebels. he's the recruiter. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He's the recruiter. And uh, what you've heard is that it's an open recruitment in a little little frontier town called Rose Ledge, which is actually pretty close. It's not like a super long haul like getting here was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose Ledge is probably like an hour and a half, two hours away by horseback. Good, that'll limit the amount of random encounter- encounters that kill us. <laughs> uh, yeah, you'll probably only have one or two of those. Good. Thank God, Paul. Yeah. Let's throw Gideon out again. That's going to work pretty good last time. <laughs> that ex- that explains why you jumped out of the wagon. You threw him. <laughs> <laughs> So, hey, Gideon, go for the rocks. Knock. <laughs> so, so like, during the journey, uh, Levi will will bring up, will start to ask, will ask what the plan is. So, everybody, what is up, Lay? I say we check out this Wilkes fella recruiting for the rebels. Are we doing a saga arrival like we did last time? I think that'd be best. All right then. Shall I go in first? Uh, Seeing as I, I am the most well versed in these. Uh, this particular area of what, of history. I believe there is still a matter of a shortage of horses. There is, and uh, you do have the opportunity to rectify that if you have cash. Uh, you may recall that your good friend, Standish, uh, who you helped get here, is yes. uh, setting up shop and basically just trying to make money until he can buy horses to pull his wagons. Homeboy. Mm-hmm. Homeboy. Homeboy Standish. Yep. And uh, yes, Homeboy Standish is, of course, happy to give you a homeboy discount because you guys basically saved his life. Well, I have seven bucks, so who's buying me a horse? I've got a buck ninety-eight. <laughs> Gideon's like, I've got two thousand. Well, I have, I have one hundred eighty-two, and I don't know. Why. I have six fifty because I haven't spent that. Six hundred and fifty dollars or six dollars? Okay. Six dollars and fifty cents. Yeah, I still got a ton of money. I got. Yeah, I have one hundred ninety-eight dollars. hundred and ninety-eight. Not, not a buck ninety-eight. No, like one. Well, when I have seven dollars and I hear a buck ninety-eight, <laughs> it's yeah. I'm making the logical jump. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so I have no money. I have almost two hundred dollar ages. You already bought one horse. <laughs> I, 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 you I have a horse right now. You bought Farkas. Wasn't Farkas the one who got eaten? No. No. Uh, you bought Cyril. a new horse. Cyril got eaten. That's right. Far- okay, that's why I have no money then. That you makes sense. Farkas. I bought Farkas. You bought Farkas. You bought Farkas, and I believe you still have two work horses. Yeah. Or the rest of your party's horses. Yeah. Right. We're using them to pull Homeboy's wagon. Yeah. Well, now Homeboy's going to buy his own horses. He doesn't need your charity anymore, but he's happy to accept it. Okay. Uh, he's just set up shop, and he's doing his thing, and he appears to be making decent money. Enough money to justify the incredibly dangerous journeys back and forth. What is better to have, a work horse or a riding horse for a our situation? Riding. Riding for your situation. Riding horses will get through the, the country well, faster. Work horses are... Uh, Farkas was a riding horse? Farkas was a proper riding horse. Wow. So should we get more riding horses and leave the uh, work horses to Schmo? Yeah, you can trade him up. He's happy to uh, negotiate a deal between you and a couple other uh, people. The nomenclature's homeboy. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was, <laughs> I, was, I was dead during that part. That's fine. How much, how much extra would he need? For 50 bucks, he can 
make a deal where your workhorses will be upgraded to riding horses. Have you made enough deals Definitely. lately? Jesus. Uh, well, if uh, I can get fifty, if you can get fifty, we'll get two. Of them. Total yeah. of fifty bucks. Total, total of fifty bucks. Let's, let's, let's go. Let's five? go find the hag. Oh, so I should get yours. Just find a large man to ride. Is <laughs> oh, that, that two horses? So yeah, it's fifty total. So we have three riding horses. Levi does yep. is on his own. Is yep. you've got to double up with someone. It's your two. Your two tweens. I am the load. Levi has been a bit less of a, a hedonist since you've uh, first known him. Yeah, that is true. You haven't fucked like Genghis Khan in a while. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, as a quick aside, you can also, if you choose to, not that you have to, buy a pony that's Gideon's size for $60. You know what? The boy just got resurrected. Let's buy him a pony. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but you got to feed it and take care of it. <laughs> and walk it. It's a big responsibility. Gideon, do you think you can handle a pony? A gift for our little prince. You. <laughs> That's just creepy. You know, it is, it's for my own amusement. Um, Sometimes it's fun to creep you back. <laughs> uh, Gideon shrugs. You want him to have one? He'll pick Enthusiastic. You'll, you'll have a means of being on your own, boy. That's fine. You'll have a means of getting away from danger real fast. That's fine. How much? Well, uh... How much? <laughs> huh? 60, 60 covers 60? the bridle and the yeah. saddle. So we'll split that Yeah, because it's like a $50 horse plus, like, the accoutrements. Yeah, yeah. Let's send it your way. <laughs> Thanks. The accoutrements. The accoutrements. The accoutrements. The accoutrements. <laughs> well, you have an toy for your crotch. <laughs> <laughs> Try our cinnamon flavor. <laughs> oh, God. Fireball. <laughs> So cool, it's hot. It's so hot, it's cool. <laughs> what does it feel like to chew five gum? It's like sticking an Altoids in your crotch. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what are you going to? What, what is happening? What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> now, what do you think you're going to call your new pony? <laughs> Altoids. <laughs> Rosemary's uh, baby. Uh, I don't know. I'll think of something. Damien. <laughs> I don't know if I'm in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so as we travel, I'll go Thank back. To, go back to the plan of, uh, of attack here. Yes. So since this is a recruiter that we're going to be dealing with, shall we assume that we are all interested in joining his little rebellion? Well, uh, Mr. Williams, I think you and I are obvious uh, candidates. We are indeed. You are sporting that mighty fine gray suit, and you are a uh, a ruthless mercenary. Perhaps that we have hired along the way. That you're willing to to get some of the rough work done and your hands dirty for the right price. I think that's a role I could stretch myself to play. I believe you could as well. <clears throat> I'm just confused. Gideon. Yeah. You're becoming a man now. What do you want to do? I'm ten years old. You know, so you're growing up very fast as long as you're with us is what I'm saying. I'm asking you, what would you like to do? How would you like to be a part of this? I don't know. If at all. Miss Temperance, I'm cold. Is there a blanket around? Uh, I think I can find one for you, Gideon. I'm just cold. I can't seem to warm up. Stuff. Put a blanket around your shoulders. Thank you. I don't care. I'll just follow along. Hmm. I don't know what to make any. You, you feeling all right, boy? I'm, I'm just cold. It'll be, I'll be fine. You let me know if you're not feeling right, and we'll, we'll take a stop. 
Shall we take the shall we take the parental route again? We're trying to secure a better future for him. I think that would be wise. And then we're willing to take up arms. The return the return of Cyrus and Eliza. Cyrus and Eliza. Yeah, right. We have our names. Alright. So along the way, it's uh, as I mentioned about a two hour ride. And uh, about 45 minutes deep. Okay, just kidding. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, no, there are no Ankites. A whole keg of them. <laughs> what you do find is that the uh, the rains that have been beating down on the plains for a while have ceased. <coughs> uh, they ceased actually early yesterday, but there's still some pools and runoff and such. And as you're walking along, you see that there are some pools that have captured some brilliant scintillating colors. This sort of blue and purple sort of rainbow hues. Um, almost as we in the modern world would imagine, like when you spill oil and water, oil sucks, you yeah. get that sort of thing. And it's got that sort of appearance to it. Like, uh, I guess anybody who's spent some time in a kitchen probably would be familiar with this experience as well. So it's kind of a nice prismatic Yeah, just and it's obviously not just the water itself. Like, obviously there's something else going on, but you get this sort of beautiful reflection of the sunrise in a very strange way as you're heading out eastwards uh, towards Rosewood Ledge. All right. Mm-hmm. Who's taking point? Uh, I'll go in first. Okay. Because if, uh, if this pl- if this guy is here, then and if he happens to be watching, then seeing uh, somebody in gray at the lead might uh, look good to him. Okay. I'll bring up the rear. Okay. Uh, Levi, on your horse, as you're riding along, there is a pool of this water with this reflective surface. Okay. And your horse kind of tromps through it, and it cracks and breaks sort of like ice. The pool does? Yeah. Okay. And it's it actually like breaks apart and uh, when you look down it looks sort of like broken glass. The hell? Crunches right along the horse doesn't care. It's got hooves. So. Is... Broken glass on the trail? Is yeah. Is this just um, one instance of it? No, you see pools of it all over the place. This is the first time you happen to tramp over it and you get this response. Well, that is the strangest thing. Is it very hot out here? Or Um, is the ground very hot? No, it's actually fairly chill. It's still early spring, so it's warm in the sun, but the breezes are cold. Yeah. And it just rained, so it took the temperature down a little bit. Uh, Hold on a moment, everyone. Seems familiar. Didn't we do this? Didn't we run across this already? I don't recall something like this, Gideon. I'm going to pick up a shard of it safely. Does yeah. it feel like glass? It feels like glass. If you touch the edges, if you're dumb enough to touch the edges, it's sharp. Yes, it's killing me. <laughs> Lick, Lick it. it. Lick it. Ah! <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll just put it put it in a pouch. Wrap, wrap it up. Yeah, it looks very pretty. It keeps the prismatic effect. Even after it comes up after being broken. Can I take a chunk of this too? Yeah, sorry. Are the pools still liquid and then they break into solid pieces or are they solid like an ice? Like you don't a- see them like rippling so it's kind of hard to tell. Mm. I guess uh, they look like liquid from a distance and then when you get over them they're solid. Okay. Kind of, yeah. And if you want to give me a nature check, a DC very high. Cool. Love that. Do you have a plus very high? <laughs> That's a 16. That's pretty good. Um, what you notice is actually that 
the pool seem to be still. You're not getting much like ripple effect from the wind, which you would expect from a fluid. So mm. it seems to be stagnant enough that it might already be glass by the time you get there. Mm. But you're also seeing just little bits and pieces of like exposed quartz or whatever uh, connecting certain pools. Um, it's like a trail almost of this sort of glassy effect. Uh, and it seems to be sort of flush with the ground. It's flattened out, and there's only spots where you can see it, like in the recesses of the terrain. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't look like um, something was dragged or broken or set. It looks like, again, kitchen terminology. If you set a gelatin, it's going to conform to the lowest mm-hmm. lowest center of gravity. So mm-hmm. that's that's what you get. Interesting. Hmm. The world is full of wonders. Is there anything uh, supernatural about this to me? Uh, you can give me an arcana roll. 22. Uh, actually, you've heard of something like this before. Uh, maybe in your uh, very early experiences, when you were still with some bad folk. Uh, and what you get is that there is a creature that is sort of like, um, not quite a dairy creature. It can't really be farmed. It's too wild for that. But it's a creature where they actually harvest its slime leavings. Because it turns into beautiful class. Wow. Is this some sort of cow? Uh, it's, they describe it as a gigantic snail. Snail? Uh, uh, I know what you're talking about. Awesome. I will relay this information somehow. The reason huh? you know about it, by the way, is that you've been told that practitioners of your gift should not use your gift on that thing. Ooh, okay. Don't do it. Everything else is totally cool, but don't do that. You know what you have to do. Dude, so... <laughs> then you say Gideon explains this? Yeah, there's something really strange here. This, I think I've heard tales of this thing. It's some sort of creature that leaves this... It's like slime that hardens. Some sort of big slug thing. Well, that sounds wow. amazing, Gideon. No, it's kind of bad. It well, is, it certainly <laughs> does appear profitable. Build an entire church with these kind of this, this kind of glass. We'll have to keep this place in mind. I wonder if anybody has claim over these fields. Uh, I don't think we should mess with it. I think we we've got bigger things we should be worried about. Right. Of, Speak right. for yourself, boy. I'm down to my last seven let, bucks. I'm losing my Last time we wasted time on some random creature, I think uh, bad no. things happened. Right, right. You are, boy. Let's keep moving. Now, uh, although you bring you bring up a good point, Jed. If we do, if we do require money, I do have a bit of a plan. Well, what's your plan? Uh, as my abil- as my talents have been growing, I believe that we could put it to good use. As uh, well, you know what these downtrodden people might need someday—a good faith healer. And I believe I just have—I have the zazz, if you will, to give them quite a show. A faith healer? You mean a charlatan? A revivalist. Yeah, he means a charlatan. I I don't use such vulgar language in in particular, but, well, tomato, potato. Mr. Williams, I am... uh, The difference being that I would actually be able to heal people. I am both impressed and disgusted by your plan. I say we do Thank you. We need not do it in this particular town. Remember, we are here to join... We are here to join a... Confederate cause. To yes, uh, band of murderers and slavers. I think this is the perfect town to which to swindle. No, no, no. The, the revivalist thing should work on a more uh, peaceful folk. People who are, have been idle long enough to suffer from things like illness, uh, crippling disease, 
uh, alcohol poisoning, things of that nature. And you think the Confederates have it? Well, if we want to take the Faith Healer route with these these bunch of uh, hardened men, we certainly can. It would just be a precarious place to start for me. Can I get a perception roll from the table? I got a nine. Okay. Uh, I got a 13. 16. 17. All right. My dice are happy. Yeah, they, they are. are. They've warmed up a little bit. They're they killed you, and now they're happy. Yeah, they're happy to see Gideon. They, 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 they required a child sacrifice. Well. <laughs> you know, they were probably mad that I was using them last session. Oh, yeah. yeah it's probably filthy Levi's hands all over. I think, I, 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 I think I Josh did. Child sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> It makes me giggle. Every, every campaign you're gonna roll a kid, kill it off, roll a better character. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make a better kid. Yeah. Sorry, right. what what do we notice or not notice? Uh, the two of you who roll well uh, would be the two of you. Uh, actually, spot something very reflective and shiny off in the distance. It actually captures the sunlight in this very beautiful, sort of prismatic purple and violet gold kind of color. Mm. Um, it almost looks sort of like a miniature uh, sunset. With just these rays of beautiful purple tones, uh, but that is what you see. It's it's not super far off the trail. It's pretty close to the trail, and it's just this beautiful reflective surface. I point this out, like over the horizon kind of thing, or over. A yeah, it's sort of like it's not exactly where you're going, but it's pretty damn close. So it wouldn't be a, a hard veer off to go see it. Is that some so. sort of mirage out there? Well, I don't rightly know. I. It can't hurt to go look at it. It's not that far from our from our uh, destination. I would argue that it could, can, and will hurt to go look at it. Do we have? Well, it doesn't. I don't. I don't think we're in any particular rush. We are, after all, following your uh, cold dish of revenge. Up to you, Jed. This is your expedition. Alright then, quick look. It's another like four or five minutes up the trail before you get close enough to tell what is going on here. What you see is that in addition to the beautiful reflecting colors, there actually are moving and changing and swirling around, kind of like a kaleidoscope as you get closer and closer. Mm. And that's when you see this creature, as described, a large snail. Just sort of slowly making its way across part of the plains. It appears to have crossed the road a few different places. And again, you get these little pieces of shiny glass. What's its head like? Uh, it appears to have almost like hair, sort of tucked up under the tongue of its shell. It, sort of like what? tucked in close to the head, it just sort of loaming about. It seems to be a fairly lethargic creature. What a wondrous sight. It is beautiful. <laughs> Though I don't think it can bother us none. It doesn't and seem to be going too fast. And half of me was wondering that you, the thing you were just making it up. I know to trust you now. And you can see there is like a thick sheet of this beautiful glass like right behind it that it's leaving and it hardens pretty fast. It takes a couple seconds for the air to touch and some sort of chemistry thing happens and it turns into glass right behind it. Pop up a couple of pieces. It's basically it's snail poo. <laughs> it's money is what it is. Yeah. Uh, Levi will just enjoy the sight. Yeah. As beautiful as the glass is, it does not hold a candle to the quality of the shell, which is kaleidoscopic even as you are close to it. The light reflects in this constantly changing way you assume has something to do with the material of the shell or the snail's anatomy, but for whatever reason, just you get these constantly moving beautiful showers of light. And standing close to it, it's actually hard not to get the feeling that it is in fact sunset, because it gets these darker, beautiful purple tones and pinks and 
It's like, at this point, late morning. You if, shouldn't have this kind of coloration. If I was a poaching man, my mouth would be watering right now. Let's just, let's just stick to the plan. Yes. Jed's got something. Got yeah, it is a very pretty big bug. Let us get the hell out of here. Of course. A mollusk, actually. Tomato potato, Mr. Williams. <laughs> I don't uh, think Jed would understand the difference between a bug and a mollusk. No, no, he wouldn't. <laughs> Alright, uh, you depart. It sort of lazily moves through the plains, and you leave it in your wake. Uh, I will take this as a good sign. So you are traveling along. Where's my bike camera all lined? There it is. <laughs> so, so are we going to... your other pants. Are we going for the faith healer thing for sure? You want me to try that? Well, faith here, so, we'll man be... and wife. If you can think of a story to spin, Mr. Levi, I'm willing yeah. to hear it. You'll need different names. We're known as, uh, as the, church, the church family elsewhere. Here I shall be Thomas Fairchild, grand revivalist and faith healer. It's man who inspires the people, who heals the sick and injured, who can, who can, who can sense through the the grace of God, the poisons and the disease flowing through people, even those who try to hide it. The curse of the devil should be upon them, but I shall take it out of them. But oh, I could only do it so much per day before I am exhausted, for I am but a mere mortal vessel. You are my bodyguard. All right. What role would you like to play? Mr. Williams, I have played many a role in my time. This is a money-making opportunity. Not a school I teacher. Not a school teacher. I would like to. I would like to be optimal to what you have done. You can be a crippled child that I healed. As oh, testament. for crying out loud! <laughs> Perhaps it'd be a little more convincing of your powers if you weren't crippled. He isn't crippled. You're a faith healer. Yes. <laughs> Wife, sister, I don't know, Mr. Williams. You know I don't lie very well. You know I ain't very convincing on nothing. Don't don't be bringing me into this. You don't need to be. I'll just, just I'll just sit there and shut up. The beauty of uh, what of you and Jed is that you don't have to say or do anything. I will be doing pretty much yeah, the bulk yeah, of the talking. Yeah, pretty much all you do is the bulk of the talking. <laughs> well, you've been in chip mood ever since you've been brought back, Gideon. Since he's been healed, Mr. Williams. Of course. Ever since headphones on, he was. It, it wasn't a crippling. He was suffering from a deadly disease that was consuming him. Acid ate my face. No, 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 no. It did. It did not. You were afflicted with a disease, an internal disease that was oh, ravaging Lord. your body, and you, you sought me out, a desperate woman. Your husband had died in the war against those filthy Northerners, and. When you came to me, I laid hands upon this boy, and lo and behold, his lesions... He's like this, he's it, like a leg humping dog. His, 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 just let him finish. His lesions retracted, his, and the color returned, and he was brought back at last. Ever since then, you have been following me. And of course, there are those blasphemers who would not, who would not see that God was working through me, and so we needed a bodyguard, of course. Lily and Edmund Jacobs. Perfect. And Levi looks pleased with himself. You start to hear the sound of <clears throat> creaking wood and iron. And you look way over across the paths, and you can see that there is actually another horse path 
joining up with yours, and there is a large wagon being pulled by uh, two oxen. Appears to be uh, partially covered, sort of an exposed bench in front, and then the back is covered over. Uh, and it is of uh, sort of this light blue cloth, just canvas stretched tight over some sort of internal frame. This is a caravan? Just a one wagon, okay. a couple oxen. And there's a guy at the front who's up there. He's wearing uh, like an old uh. hat. It doesn't look like it's uh, any particular colors that are relevant to your story, but just like one of those fold-over hats in the front. Mm-hmm. And he's riding along. He's wearing like a double-breasted coat. Uh, and you can see that there is some guy who's kicking his feet off over the back of the wagon, just sort of hanging out. And they're sort of coming up at you from the right, and you're going to meet each other somewhere on the road between here and Rose Ledge. And uh, as you can see, you know they've clearly recognized the group of you. And uh, one of them gives you a little wave, the guy out front. And uh, they start nearing the road that you're currently traveling on. Okay. If they're, if they're within view, just a, a smile on the tip of the hat. You get a little wave. Hello there! Hello, travelers. What brings you lot out here? Well, I, I'm here to bring not only the word of the Lord, but I believe, I dare say, the touch of the Lord. <laughs> he looks back in the back of the wagon. Looks back out forward. You I, got far to ride? Not, not at all. We are, we are, I, think, I think we are nearly there. Where are you headed? Over to Rose Ledge. What about you, sir? Oh, same thing. I'll, I'll ride a little closer. I may be so bold. My name is Thomas Fairchild. My name's uh, Goddard. Sly Goddard. This here is Ike. He doesn't talk much. Sorry, what was the first one? Sly Goddard. Sly. Sly and what? Ike. Sly and Ike. Slick. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> Sly and Ike. It's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, the, the, back there is my is my entourage, my uh, my helpers, my followers. We've been a bit busy. This it's been a been quite a year. Much has changed in such a short amount of time. Is there something that that we could help you with? Well, you probably heard stories about the native folk killing people out here. We have indeed. We've actually come. We're actually coming to help some. Uh, we understand there's some beleaguered soldiers here. Well, yes, actually, as a matter of fact, and he sort of leans back. You can see he's wearing this double-breasted coat to hide the fact that he actually has quite a big belly. I mean, he doesn't look like a like a fat man, other than his belly specifically just sticks out in a very distinct I, way. Yeah, I've seen guys like sort that. Of patting his belly. And he says, well, it's funny you should it's mention it. Uh, that's where we're headed. Ike here is, uh, well, you know, Ike really never let it go when things didn't go the right way after the end of the war, you know, with all the damages and destruction. Certainly. It was a great upheaval. Uh, we had to make things right out here, and these folk need protection, so that's where we're headed as well. Sounds as if we, you and I are, the, are on the same mission, so to speak. It's true, sounds like it. Where are you coming from? You live out here? Uh, no, I, I, I live the life of a vagabond, sir. We originally came from up north. Goodness, so many towns maybe having trouble, having trouble even remembering. You came from up north? Sort of gestures, he's talking about your accent. Well, I, well, that is simply the most recent location. Redstone. Have you heard of it? It's Redstone. Busy, ways out of the way for Redstone. Busy place. Well, the, the Lord is, is starting, he's slowly guiding me back down south, back from where I came. No surprises there. This is a godless place up here. Well, for now. 
He says, um, I notice you all have horses, but if any of you would like to hitch up and ride the wagon the rest of the way. And a pony. But it's a fine pony you have he, there, he, young he man. Has, he has with a chuckle. Everyone, come come and make, come and make Slyanak. Fellow travelers, and of course, helping the great cause. Mike just sits in the back looking surly. He doesn't say anything. But he, is, he does have like a rifle across his mm-hmm. lap. Yep, I've, I, Levi's read the room and he's given him a little more than just than just a simple nod, nod and a slight smile. Like, yeah. like, I see you, but you're doing your own thing. You you keep you keep with your silent rifle so, uh, silking. You do you, bro. Yeah. So so <laughs> when this interaction is going on, I, I said I was taking the rear, so I would come up like sort of behind the wagon as we merge, um, and they make the introduction. I'd like to have one of those like old west style like What's locked eyes, tense stare downs with like. He makes, and we're just staring at each other the whole time these two are talking. Me and I are just staring at each other down. And then the minute they, they make introductions, I just spit a huge wad of chaw off my horse. <laughs> Alright, this sounds like the appropriate time for an inter, uh, interception. Not an interception. Interception roll, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, intimidation duel. A pick six. Alright, uh, yeah. Oh, not good. Pretty damn good. Uh, eight. Twenty-one. Oof. Yeah, you, you go for the long stare, and you you cough up the watt, mm-hmm. and he's just like, <laughs> and it's just gigantic. Is that Morse code. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> I want to insight this one, Bess. Okay. Feel I do. That's uh, sixteen. Okay, so what you get out of this? So you're trying to gather a lot at a glance. So this is a very small amount of detail you have to do. What you're getting is obviously there's a bro showdown in the back of the wagon here. <laughs> a bro down. <laughs> <laughs> With Ike it's sitting real. back there being a cold motherfucker and Jed trying to be a bigger cold motherfucker, and Ike is having none of this business. That's the first thing you get. Basically, okay. we're five seconds away from a gunfight and none of you know it. Yeah. <laughs> Ike is treating this like Jed is small potatoes. Do we see this? Uh, Gideon does, because Gideon's inside is bananas, and he was also riding all behind everyone besides okay. Jed. And what about the Sly dude? What you're getting from Sly is that Sly seems to be a genuinely good-hearted person. He seems to be having a good time. He's making conversation. He seems genuinely interested in people. You don't get, like, this sort of discerning thing. Like, he's not making active insight checks against you, mm-hmm. as an example. He's just sort of letting it ride, and, and, like, meeting people out here is a thing he does. This is not unusual for him. And he's just trying to make pleasant conversation. Whereas Ike is the discerning one who's back there, like, being a creep show. Mm-hmm. Um, just for um, flavor's sake or, or, or for a counteraction or whatever, you know, when, when Gideon does this, he is, he is definitely evil eyeing people. Definitely, yeah, almost, almost like that. Maybe not pouty, but he's he's definitely doing the like the the scowly kind of looking at people when, when this happens. So whether others find that creepy, yeah, it's totally up to you. But that's, say, that's how um, he does it. These two in particular are a little too distracted to notice it because one of them is having a stare down with Jed, and the other one is having a conversation with Levi. So they're yeah. just not paying attention to you right now. Totally fine. At some point in the conversation, I would like to work in like, have you have you, either of you two been afflicted during our travels? Are you wounded at all? It says, mercifully, we've managed to dodge all the snakes in the lag out here. Oh, good. I feel that a day gone by without making use of the gifts the Lord has given me is a wasted day. I hope that... I hope that I can start spreading the word. That it's not, it's not hopeless. That life can go on, and that pain can be erased. So uh, many folks around here are ready to erase some of that pain with a bullet. 
I suppose that's one way to do it, he says with a chuckle. You, uh, you willing to take up arms against the minions? I, to be completely truthful with you, sir, I'm very good in close quarters. But I've, I've never once fired a gun in my life. He says, uh, I'm sure that we can figure something out. But, ah, yes. As you could... As if it wasn't already readily apparent, I can talk up a storm. If there's any, well, talks that need that need be done with those who oppose us, I'm your man. Well, I'm glad to inform you, sir. I think the time for talking has passed, and we are on to the time of it is but knives and guns. There, if these people I, are defending their homes, now you heard it, about Barn Hill? It'd be, I let out of a heavy sigh. I did. I was sadly too late to save any of them. I got there. I, I had received portents of great turmoil and pain that was going on there, but I, I arrived. I arrived too late. He says, uh... I did minister, I did minister to, the, to what remained of them and saw them saw them off, gave them last rites. Since them tribes have been killing people out here for a while, they're fed up. Savages. Ready to defend their homesteads. They're afraid of them. Engines taking their scalps and burning their homes. You got no home out here. What is it that you are defending, sir? And he looks over at Temperance and says, and "What are you, Miss?" The Reverend. He don't. He don't see my boy. I. I owe him. My boy's life and mine. Can you give me a bluff check as well? Skill? Oh, deception. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. I always forget the chance. I inspire you. <laughs> Boom! Sheriffs! <laughs> Much better. That's right. That is an 18? Good work, Josh. Yeah, Le- <laughs> Levi's just giving you, he's giving you a warm look as you're saying this. <laughs> no, says- it, it, no, it's it's to, fur- it's to further create the, uh, the scene that, like, yeah. Like yes, of course I did this for you. And just so he can that's that's my inspiration. So this is the first time he notices Gideon riding behind the two of you. Is that true boy? Yeah. I just, I just looked down. <laughs> yeah, look down. He's been through quite a time. Uh could you also give me a deception check, please? I don't know if I'm trying to deceive. Can it are you trying to sell them out? Probably not, right? I'm just... It's just his natural reaction to kind of a question. I can roll whatever you want. I, I'm just... I'm roll anyway just so I know what's going rolled, on. I rolled an 18 plus oh. mods and stuff. I'm not sure what yeah. I'm trying to do. Hmm. I was just answering Probably question. charisma check, I guess. One one word, you get an 18. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that was a convincing, yeah. <laughs> well, you know... He's kids, a surly preteen. <laughs> kids usually yeah. tell the truth eventually when you browbeat him, so he goes to browbeat the kid a little bit, and the kid doesn't... Doesn't crack. Oh so, yeah, it doesn't give away. You don't yeah. sell them out, so that's, mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to gauge here. Uh, Actually, there is no check of like I'm just fucking telling you the truth. There's no check <laughs> yeah. of that. There is like no deception. Truth there's like intimidate. I mean, none of these checks make sense. Yeah, there's no honesty check. Maybe persuasion. Maybe I guess the best one. Yeah. But still, it's all they're all zero. Yeah, I'd, I'd say persuasion because maybe he he doesn't quite maybe want to believe you. Yeah, yeah. telling the truth. I guess that's. I mean, I, I actually I think deception is probably the most because even though it's not an outright lie, you are trying to get them to believe what you're selling, even if you're supporting a lie. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, it. yeah. Oh man, I never I never thought being a charlatan would be so fun. 
He, uh, he rides with you for some time, and he does offer hospitality in the form of riding in the wagon if you get tired of, like, being on the saddle. Sure. You can hook your horses ride. up and, and tug along your horses that way if you want, or, um, <laughs> he understands that if you're creeped out by Ike, that it's no harm, no foul. I think Ike's fine with that. Um, I imagine Ike has his stories, too, and he has his reasons for being the way he is. I do not judge. That is for the Lord to do. You asked me, Sly, what I was defending while I was out here. There, it is the place for most people to, to build and grow in a home that they establish. And, well, I believe it is my place to see that that lifestyle continues. I'm defending all those who would settle and live good, pure, and righteous lives. And, well, I can't be everywhere at once, so I try to be as many places as I can be. He gives you a bit of a tip of the hat, and you're getting a little bit of this, like, he's kind of on to what you're up to. Mm-hmm. He's got his own opinions on guys who show up saying they have the Lord's powers. Yeah. But Gideon and Temperance have helped you sell it a little bit, so he's, like, not going to call you out in front of your peeps. Sure. He, um, he talks a little bit about Rose Ledge. Rose Ledge is one of the larger of the frontier towns out here. It actually has, like, an established economy. They have... Funds, cash. Um, they actually used to have oh, a bank. Cash. They used to have a bank once upon a time, you hear. Uh, but the bank actually was uh, sort of abandoned because it just didn't get enough traffic to warrant its construction. So it wound up being this big, empty brick building for a while. And uh, when folks came in to defend the town, they decided to turn it into sort of like a war HQ. <laughs> so, you know, he gets a little bit of a laugh out of it because they're defending against Native Americans. Yeah. All they did was like brick up the windows, because most of them have no firearms. It's mostly bow and arrow and the tomahawks and knives and stuff. And they just brick it up, and they, they just close up some big steel doors, and that's it. They can't get them inside of that building. So in the worst case scenario, if like a gigantic army shows up, they're just going to bunk up on the brick building for a while and, and hole up until they get bored, basically. I'll ask Sly how much he knows about... Well, are you arriving here for the first time? No, no, we've been here for about six months now. What's the state? Uh, what What's the... Uh... How to put this? How close are we to winning? Well, it's hard to say. They know these lands a lot better than any of the folk who settled them. That's they, for sure. Uh, they stay out in the plains, sometimes out in the hills. They only come down to raid and take what they need to survive. Uh, you know, we, we could be close. We could be really far away. It Honestly, the more well-meaning men with weapons is probably the best that we can do. What about, uh, is it mostly soldiers in the town at this point? No, no, just a few soldiers left over. Relics of the war, really. Hmm. Just folks who know their way around a gun and haven't found a lifestyle that suits them after So our power may lie in, in, the, in the common people. It's the regular people. They're the only way they can defend their own homes. Then I believe I have been called to the right place. That sounds like it. Mr. Fairchild, we're, uh, we're going to be arriving in Rose Ledge very soon. Uh, you're welcome to attend the festivities, if you like. I could use some festivities. This is, uh, they're having a special dinner tonight. I understand that uh, Sergeant Swan has come back to town. Do I know Sergeant Swan? Is that uh, a history check? That would be a history check, and it's a history check Jedediah. I, uh, I don't know shit. <laughs> I rolled it once, so I was like, so he's thinking, is 17. he an actual Swan? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Sergeant Swan was, uh, at the time that you knew him, more of like a, a ensign or whatever. 
whatever the stuff is below sergeant. You would corporal. Know, uh, corporal. He was a corporal. Um, he was a disgusting, horrible creature. Just an absolute murderer, torturer. Uh, the really, like, the kind of filth you want to snap his neck. Um, and he was also the kind of guy you could not promote during the war because he was incredibly dishonorable. Yes. Uh, and so he has apparently been promoted since the war has ended, is what you basically remember. Nice. I'm about to demote him to worm food. <laughs> About to demote him to Gideon. <laughs> do, do Alright, first off, that's bug food. Do you, oh. do, do you say anything, Jed? Nope. Okay. Jed is a strong silent type in this conversation. Right. Uh, so He's also tempted to shoot Ike right in the back of the head. Levi doesn't recognize the name, so he just nods. Very good, then. You know, as long as there's some meat, I think I'll be happy. At this point. I think that could be arranged. <laughs> And so they, they continue the ride for a few more minutes. You're, uh, at this point, starting to see the buildings. And uh, unlike what you saw in Dog's Bend, there are actual buildings here. They actually have construction. Some are brick, some are wood, mostly wooden buildings. Sometimes they have, like, one brick wall as a supporting part. I hope the bank, bank is brick. <laughs> I think we, we extended the conversation. Uh, yeah, the conversation seems to be uh, at its natural conclusion. Mm-hmm. You ride for a couple of minutes in sort of that awkward quiet. And we're, um, it's... Dusk, now you said? No, it was just sort of a weird effect of being near the flail snail. Okay. Uh, it's actually, at this point, pre-noon. Neat. And uh, as you start to see structures in the horizon, you do see, like I mentioned earlier, actual constructed buildings. Um, not like the tent city garbage that you saw at Dog's Bend. This appears to be an actually settled place. And uh, as you near it, you see that there is a large church steeple. That's uh, sort of central to the whole town. Looks like a deeper church, probably big enough for about... 30 or 40 people at a time. It's a reasonable size. And uh, as you get a little bit closer and closer and closer, you see that there are all these little structures on the outside. They have like little wooden palisades built out and like the bits of log that are shaped like this to be like traps for people that can't climb over and like horse guards and stuff like that. And like people are walking around town like it's a state of war. Like they have weapons on their hips. Even like women and children are armed. Like everybody here seems ready to get yeah, into a so fight. ours. We are ready. You blend right in. And uh, Sly brings you into town, and he gives you a little tour as you're walking in. He's clearly got, you know, other things to do, but he doesn't, like, go out of his way. But as he's going, he walks with you and points certain things out. Here's, you know, a good place to bunk up for the night. Here's where you can go get a meal. Here's these guys have the best coffee in town, that sort of thing. And uh, he says, if you uh, if you decide that you are interested in attending the festivities tonight, I mean, it's right in the center of town. They're going to put a table right out in front of the church. It's going to be outdoor seating. Come enjoy, you know, drink some wine. Oh, totally. I'm there. Uh, that's going to be this evening, you see, said? Yeah, he says sundown. Yeah. Basically, as soon as it's nice enough to be lit by candlelight. Where is uh, the infirmary here? It says, um, you could go visit uh, Lily White Cotton. She's not a doctor, but she knows how to do stitches. All right. Well... You may all join me, but I encourage you to enjoy the fruits of this this place. It looks sufficiently civilized. Have we taken our leave from Sly and Ike at this point? Yeah, Sly and Ike sort of ride off towards the big brick building. You see it looks like a, a maybe three or two floor. Hard to say, because it's one of those like tall ceiling kind of deals. We'll see you again, gentlemen. Take care. He gives you the nod. It's a brick structure. It looks like they've bricked over a couple of the windows. Basically, there's no exposed windows on the higher floors. And uh, on the lower floors, you actually see that they have, like, some big, like, looks like they'd be train parts that they've welded up to cover up the windows like shutters. 
for like a wartime type scenario. And currently they are actually shuttered. Hmm. I'm going to uh, try and get close enough to have a quiet conversation with Levi. Mm-hmm. I know this swan, lore and rat shit. Anybody knows where Guthrie is, he will. Well, good. It will be incumbent upon you then. We have picked a name for you. This Jedi right here? Joshua Cole. That's Joshua the name Cole. I'm going to go by when I'm not using my own. Oh, got it. Joshua, it will be incumbent upon you then to be. to muster up whatever respect for behavior you can of it for him then. Even if that just means being. well, much like Ack over there. Downright Red, loathsome. Ret- reticent and completely ominous. Alright. It's better than actually speaking what's on your mind. I'll go see if there's somebody I can fight. <laughs> you do you do your thing. <laughs> yeah, they did point you towards a place you could get a drink, which you would assume would be a good place to get into a fight if you so wanted. But Lily and Edmund, okay. I have some impressions to make. You enjoy yourselves and relax here. Uh, you go to Slauson's Joint. <laughs> and uh, it's owned by Gildroy Slauson. <laughs> Gildroy Slauson. Such a slimy name. Yep. He looks like a slimy guy, too. He's got that, like, southern Mediterranean, no matter how many times he washes his hair, it's still clingy and sticks to his face. Yeah. <laughs> With a little curl on the top, and he's uh, he's serving up drinks. He's got, like, thick arm hair. He looks sort of like a gorilla from behind the bar. To, you want me to take the horses? I'll find a place to tie up, or... I don't want to go in there. Sure. Stay with the horses. Horses? Horses! Horses! And the tequila. It's getting to us. It's good for you. It is. Builds a healthy immune system. Puts hair on your dwarf. Dwarfs in your hair. <laughs> so I'll let them do their thing and then uh, it's I'm, cool. it's I'm going to go visit this uh, stitching lady. Okay. Yeah, uh, Lily White Cotton's. Uh, oh, yep. Feel free. It's in the freezer. It's in the bottom shelf. Um, Lily White Cotton operates a, uh, like a small, like a nurse's station. It's basically, uh, like a little shack. Looks like probably the prospector shack that started the town and everything sort of sprung up around it. Mm-hmm. It's not insulated, it's just wooden boards. You could have it, like, if you wanted to, you could push it from the inside of the whole house. Yeah. One of those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And she's in there with, like, a rollout cot. Lily, her name is? Lily, yep. Another Lily. Lily White Cotton. Alright. And she's got, like, a, a small wooden cabinet with various, like, basic first aid things. And uh, if you go and talk to her, she will tell you that she is a nurse. She's originally from New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, she came out here for a man. That man died. And she's got nothing better to do, so she's been out here just suturing wounds and doing what she knows how to do. And everyone here has been real grateful. She doesn't pay for drinks in town. She doesn't need to pay for a meal. And it's quite an arrangement, Lily. It's a pleasure to meet you as well. Yeah, she gives you a firm handshake. She makes eye contact. Yeah. She seems very pleasant. Mm-hmm. How old, roughly? Uh, she's in her late 30s. Cool. Yeah. About the same age, then. Uh, yeah. So, uh, what's the state that the people staying here? Like, the, any wounded or Right staying? now, it's empty. Uh, right now, it's just her. She's got a cot, a single cot available for use. Okay. Um, she's got a cabinet full of various, like, anesthetics and things like that. Some of them seem to be more um, herbal. Than they are actually like useful chemicals for medical work. Well, it seems that things have been going well here. I don't see any wounded or sick. She says, "Well, things are going well here, but I understand things have been real bad out in Barn Hill." Worse than you might imagine, my dear. You've been there. I have. You. How much have you heard? I heard that the natives attacked. And that they killed everyone. 
Something killed everyone. Burned, in fact. I'll spare you the grisly details, but I, I witnessed it myself and saw to the last rites of those people. Whoever did it was a monster, no doubt. Jeez, what an odd I hope that monster's brought to justice. Do you think any of the tribes around here are capable of even that level of monstrosity? They tell us they are, but to be honest, I've never had a conversation with one. The only one I know is, uh, Eamon, Eamon Greyfeather. He used to be hanged, you know. Excuse me? He used to be hanged? He's, he is to be hanged. Is to be hanged. Well, we'll have to capture someone then. Perhaps this one that you mentioned. Yeah, he's already been captured. Really? We're planning to execute him this evening during the festivities. Then, have, have, this is extraordinary. Who should I talk to about information from him? Information from him? Yes. He's locked up at the jail. Yes, I will visit that. I was coming here first to see if there are any sick and wounded, but it seems that my uh, talents are not needed here at the moment. Um, there's always a danger out here that they could be here at any minute. They say we shouldn't go out in the streets unarmed. They may choose to attack during the festivities tonight. I hope there is sufficient guard on hand. Of all the worst times to attack, the worst time would be when all those war men are back in town. Fair enough. Well, Lily, it's been good talking to you. I'll leave you to it. She says, uh, it's been a pleasure to meet you, Mr. Fairchild. Thomas Fairchild. Mr. Fairchild. If you need any stitching up, you know where you'll find me. Let's hope there's no splits, but I'll keep that in mind. She's a little nod. Turns around and starts, like, organizing stuff in her room. Now that you're getting a better look at it, it looks like that she probably does do a fair amount of work. Like... Various things. Bumps and scrapes, anti-venoms. Like, really, really common injuries. Um, she's got some different, like, splints and things. It looks yeah. like they've been disturbed, so she probably had to, like, bandage up somebody's broken leg or something recently. Okay. This is the sort of work that she's in. She can't perform surgery. She's not going to cure anybody of illnesses. But, like, when somebody needs to have stitches done or splint up a broken limb, she knows her way around that sort of thing. That's what she does. All right. Uh, I'll be heading towards the jail. Uh, I don't want to hog the spotlight for too long, so you guys can do something. Well, I'm drinking at Slauson's Joint. Yep. And uh, who else is in Slauson's Joint? What else do I see? Almost nobody. It's before noon. <laughs> so the <whole> place <laughs> is pretty empty. Um, actually, what you get is there's like one old guy. He's sitting down there. It's the classic old guy at every bar. He starts drinking at open open hour. Huh. And he's just down there having drinks and talking about how much he hates Indians and how much he hates Southerners and how much he hates Canadians and how much he hates Asian people. And he just goes on and on and on and on. Hates Southerners, huh? He's a big old racist. <laughs> totally, totally just rambling on about how much he hates different kinds of people. And the bartender's like, yep, yep, I know, Earl. I know. <laughs> so, uh, G- Gilderoy. Gilderoy. Can I, can I call you Gil? Sure. <laughs> I'm afraid my tongue ain't fancy enough to pronounce your full name. You're talking uh, fancy enough to pay full price for drinks, or what's the plan here? My money's good. I was hoping the money in this town was going to be better. <laughs> he laughs at you. Yeah, you're coming here for money. Yeah, there's some money around, but only if you want to work with them gray suits. Well, that's what I was told, was that they were paying for gun hands out in these parks. Well, I guess you heard right. 
Damn, I think the prices just went up. Told to ask for a Mr. Abner Wilkes. That name uh, strike a bell with you? He points over next to the door, and there's like one of those pull tab things. Mm. It's got a time and a place on it. Ah. What uh, what caliber of man is this Mr. Wilkes? Disgusting. He drinks only the swill. Uh, I wish I was more discerning, but uh, the time for fighting for God and country, I fear, is long gone. He, uh, he pushes one of the glasses down the bar a little bit and sort of slides down the surface, and he leans in close to me and says, I hope you're more discerning about the crimes you intend to commit in our town. Come again? Abner Wilkes, he has his way with people. He has his way with people. I'm not sure I follow your meaning. Perhaps you'd like to elaborate? I wouldn't. Fair enough. Full price for drinks it is, then. Says, um, after you work with Abner Wilkes, what then? I'm no good at deception. So shoot him! (laughs) Yeah. I'm out here to kill a coward. Until I kill that coward. Need money for food and keep me on the trail. Uh, I'll take whatever works paying. You know something? He's um he's sort of like leaning down to the bar, like he's trying to be intimidating for a second. When you come out with this, he stops for a second. And you can see him, like he's clearly thinking. He says, um they're supposed to have some sort of party tonight in town. When all these old wartimers come into town, it's usually a bad sign for our women folk. You understand? I follow. If you think you're a big enough man, maybe you see to them. And, uh, what kind of support do you think I could get from your men folk? Probably next to nothing. They worship them like gods on the earth. That is fair. And ride in on their silver horses and save the day. And then you hear the guy down, Hey, my drink's empty again. Come back here, you greasy bastard. Earl, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and Earl stands up. <laughs> and he's, he's like, you know, broad-chested. He looks like a big man now that he stands up. As soon as he, as soon as he stands up, I whirl around with a pistol up. Earl, sit your punk ass down. Give me an intimidation check. <laughs> no. Just no. All right, so here's how it goes down. Uh, initiative rolls. Just for the, just for him actually. Just for him. Just for well, just him. He's the only guy. That's <laughs> I was gonna say. No. This seems unfair. When I say him. I'm pointing at you. <laughs> uh, twenty-one. Uh, yeah, I think you're gonna go first. Uh, it is your up. He breaks the glass over the counter. He now has a bladed weapon. What? Okay. <laughs> I lay for a minute. <laughs> and, I, and I shoot an old racist in a bar. Uh, 19. Tell us going to hit him. Killing the old man. <laughs> uh, six points of damage. No, Don't you get a crit on that? Because it's a 19? No, it's a 12. Oh, oh, oh sorry. Uh, of necrotic damage. Of necrotic? Oh. He takes some necro damage. It's all necrotic damage that you get? Yes. 
That gun's kind of cool. Wowee. Um, yeah, you, you get a grazing shot up in his shoulder area, and he reels, and he comes at you and he lunges in with a broken bottle. Okay. With a 20. That is. That's why or no? He would say that. Seven points, slashing. Ouch. And he uses his second wind. Oh, Fighter v. Fighter. Fighter v. Fighter. Alright, uh, it is you. Alright. Um, He's like right on top of you now, and you're yeah. in the bar. This uh, this greasy dude behind the bar just steps into the back room and closes the door of the yeah. match. Alright, uh, he's up on me with a glass bottle. Alright, so I'd be at disadvantage to shoot him right now. Yep. Okay. Um... Alright, then I'm just gonna discard the rifle over the bar or the, the pistol over the bar. Okay. Um, bonus action to draw the knife. Stab him. Alright. <laughs> Crit. <laughs> Jesus. Alright. Um He uses his poor times, just kidding. Ouch. Uh, that's ten points of damage. That's a, big, that's a big knife you got there. It is. Short sword. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you, you knife. get up into the ribs and he's like, oh. he's still up. And he sort of grits his teeth. Still up, huh? Yep. Action search. Okay. Stab him again. Cha-cha. Cha-cha-cha. Pocket sand. It's Pepito. Oh, but that doesn't work. Um, I'm guessing a... Nine is not going to hit. That's him. a swing and a miss. Yeah. All right. Deflects myth. Myth. Deflects it out of you. Uh, he comes back down at you with a natty nineteen. That hits. Oh, and he drives that broken bottle up under your chin mm-hmm. for eight points. Ooh. Okay. Still up. And he's still like gurgling blood out of his mouth as he's driving it in. He's got this wicked smile on his face as he's pushing the glass. Stabbing him again. All right. Get stabbed, son. Holy shnat. Uh, that is a 15. That'll hit him. Uh, five points of damage. Alright, you kill this man. Yeah, so I'll, I'll lower him to the floor. Go through his pockets. Three dollars. Nice. Worth it. And a, and a broken bottle. <laughs> well, I don't need that. You get your barman shanker, finally. <laughs> I guess we're going to have a double hanging tonight. <laughs>